Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It's Monday, February 27th, 5.31 a.m. Central Time as I speak here. May corn futures up a half cent at 6.49 and three quarters. May soybeans up one and three quarters at 15.21. May Chicago wheat down three and a quarter at 7.18. May Kansas City wheat down eight and a half at 8.27. May spring wheat up one and a quarter at 8.83 and three quarters. If you guys are listening on the podcast, appreciate it as always. If you're watching on YouTube, guys, make sure you hit the subscribe button. We're like 40 subscribers away from the 8,000 mark. I'd love to get there this week. Appreciate it as always. If you'd like some additional information from me, visit my website, www.standardgrain.com. Com. Check out my premium subscription service today, guys. I send my premium subscribers a ton of information direct from me every single business day. Morning email goes out about 5.30 a.m. Central. In that email, you'll see every overnight headline you need to be aware of. Charts, graphics, weather information, all of my grain marketing recommendations. Every single day, I do a premium or subscriber-only video that's blasted out at midday. On Friday, actually on Thursday last week, I was joined by my friend Matt Bennett from agmarket.net. We talked about managed bushel programs, everything from accumulators to min-max contracts, OTC products, all of that stuff, kind of uh, provided the lay of the land, some best practices, some things to be aware of. On Friday last week, I was joined by Chris Barron. We talked about reconciling farm budgets and personal budgets, which which can be kind of tricky. We know that a lot of expenses are kind of like co-mingled. Chris had some really great tools and some great ideas there. If you guys are interested in this sort of stuff, sign up today. 50 bucks a month, cancel at any time, no other fee, no other obligation. Nobody will try to sell you anything else, I promise. I want to start off today with this May corn chart. We talked about this on Friday. So we had a nasty end to the week last week. Thursday, Friday, were pretty ugly. I think that the, the setup went something like this. So Thursday morning, USDA was out with those Ag Outlook Forum numbers. And uh, they provided some bearish projections. I mean, they're talking an increase in corn acreage in the United States, record yield, a big increase in uh, carryout year over year. So I think that the Ag Outlook Forum numbers in regard to the corn market sparked some of this sell-off. And once you traded below some of these technical support levels, that probably helped the selling to accelerate. So I think you saw some uh, technical selling. You may have also seen some farmer selling. You know, if you're a farmer and you had March basis contracts, uh, they fo- they force you to roll or price those contracts you know ahead of first notice day and first notice day is tomorrow so a lot of these were either rolled or priced uh, late last week and then also you had option expiration last week and they essentially pinned marked futures to 650 on expiration day so a lot going on last week which was a big change we had been kind of quiet up until thursday friday last week and that kind of leaves us here at the six and a half dollar mark uh, may futures this morning to get into the news today, China apparently has some doubts about its ability to invade U- or, uh, Taiwan, China and Taiwan. U.S. intelligence indicates that Xi has instructed his country's military to be ready by 2027 to invade Taiwan. U.S. CIA officials, however, said that Xi may now lack confidence in his country's ability to do so after watching Putin's struggles in Ukraine. CIA Director William Burns was on Face the Nation yesterday. He said this, We do know, as has been made public, that President Xi has instructed the PLA, the Chinese military leadership, to be ready by 2027 to invade Taiwan. But that doesn't mean that he's decided to invade in 2027 or any other year as well. I think our judgment, at least, is that President Xi and his military leadership have doubts today about whether they could accomplish that invasion. 
Uh, the CIA director believes that the U.S. may still take this prospect very seriously, but that G and his uh, inner circle having some doubts here. Putin and uh, Turkey's president discussed the Black Sea grain deal on Friday, among other things. Reuters reporting that the leaders discussed Russian energy products in addition to the grain deal. The export of Russian fertilizers and ag products is the big focus here. That's what Russia is worried about. Russia has argued for a long time now that Western sanctions on their banking, shipping, and insurance industries uh, have limited their own exports of ag products. And what Russia wants is uh, some sanction relief. And I don't think there's a chance in hell that they get sanction relief from the West. So this puts the grain deal in doubt. You know, the wheat market, I understand, does doesn't seem to care. Uh, you had some new lows just last week and into this week, I think, in some of these contracts. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Putin uh, decided to not extend this grain deal uh, beyond mid-March when it's supposed to expire. Some wholesale fertilizer prices have fallen to pre-war levels. I am not a fertilizer expert, but Bloomberg reported on this uh, over the weekend. They report that the spot Tampa anhydrous ammonia contract fell to its lowest level since July of 2021 last week, and that's the wholesale price, of course. That benchmark contract has fallen nearly 40% since January amid easing production costs. Prices, of course, rose to record high levels following Russia's invasion of Ukraine last year. Bloomberg estimates that retail prices have fallen 17% or so since the start of the year and that more downside is possible. So, of course, wholesale prices have fallen much quicker than retail prices. And I know that you guys are seeing some price relief in regard to fertilizer. And you could see some more if uh, Bloomberg is anywhere close to reality here. We finally saw a CFTC commitment of traders report on Friday, although the data is old. So the stuff I've got on my screen here, this is accurate as of January 31st. So, you know, you had what three or four weeks of delays because of system failures and some issues with third party vendors, I think. So we still don't exactly know where the funds or commercials or anybody else uh, stands in regard to their positions. I think they're going to continue to try to play catch up here the way it looks. Brazilian soybean harvest continues. Uh, private group uh, Safras or Safras estimated that the crop is 30% harvested uh, versus 42 last year. So they're behind. They've had rainfall. We know that that's been an issue. There have been some minor delays. A record crop in Brazil uh, when it comes to soybeans still appears imminent. Brazil may have a few drier days to begin the week, but rainfall over the next 10 days is still going to be uh, just about everywhere, barring maybe these far southern areas, an inch to two inches in total over the next 10 days. So they'll keep moving. It may be at a slower pace. The rains are going to continue. Argentina, on the flip side, is uh, dry and will continue to be dry the way that it looks. Temperature is supposed to run above normal also. This morning's Euro model calling for only sparse rainfall across key corn and soybean growing areas of Argentina over the next 10 days. Some of these areas here are going to see no rain at all, and it's going to be 5 degrees, 10 degrees above normal uh, later this week. So Argentina not in good shape, and the uh, crop estimates there continue to be cut. U.S. corn export sales declined last week. 32 million bushels for the current market year. That's not a terrible print. It was down 20% on the week. Japan and Mexico, the largest corn buyers. Uh, traders noting that China canceled 3 million bushels of old crop corn for the current marketing year. Or I'm sorry, old crop corn. Um, so I guess that Chinese cancellation is maybe of concern because we'd like to see China come in and buy some more, but they're going in the opposite direction. Accumulated U.S. corn uh, sales for the current marketing year are down 40% versus the same period last year. So maybe the trade is beginning to act on the longstanding prospect that corn exports will fall short of USDA projections. We've been talking about this, I feel like, for months, but the, the corn market hasn't really seen much of a crack in it up until uh, just late last week, really. And some economic news, U.S. new home sales rose to their highest level in 11 months. 
Purchases of new single-family homes rose 7.2% in January to 670,000. The December print was also revised upward. That print exceeded any Wall Street expectation. Still, your sales in January were down 19.5% versus the same month last year. So if you look at new home sales, I mean, you had this big, crazy, like, mania-type action in uh, the later part of 2020 into 21, and that's when the interest rates rose and and everything fell off drastically. On the flip side, uh, home purchase applications fell to a 28-year low last week. Uh, new home construction or new home sales only account for like 10% of the market, according to Bloomberg. So, you know, the housing markets definitely slowed down, but this was a better than expected print. Uh, we did have a cattle on feed report out on Friday. It was not overly surprising. Uh, cattle on feed were uh, 96. They were looking for 96 and a half. Placements, 96. They were looking for 97. Marketing's 104, which is what was expected. So neutral to maybe a little bit friendly in the cattle on feed report. Outside markets, the U.S. dollar's off just a little bit. Stock market's up marginally. Bonds are about flat. Precious metals mixed. Crude oil is quiet, down 14 cents in the April WTI at 76.18. Have a great day, guys. I will talk to you Tuesday.